and have to cooperate with his plans and with his purposes. Again, very clearly presented in the very first chapter. Joshua chapter 1 verses 3 through 5 says this, will tread upon I have given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, that the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. In other words, God can do through you what you otherwise would be unable to do. God can give you the power to do what he's called you to do that you would otherwise be unable to do without his power. He told them, you will wait in Jerusalem because you cannot be an effective witness for me until you are endued with power from on high. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he will fill you and empower you to do through you what you would otherwise be unable to do. That is, be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But I'm going to empower you to be able to do that. What you otherwise would be unable to do. Remember, never forget what God can do through one obedient person. Again, this is one of my favorite quotes. I put it down at the bottom of your notes. God's enablements are your appointments and your appointments are his enablements. If God calls you to it, he will not only see you through it, he'll give you the power to do it. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it does. I think it's just sort of a preacher thing you get in the habit of, but it's true. God's enablements are your appointments. When you look at your life and you say that God has gifted me, he's uh, enabled me to do this particular thing, and when you realize that, what happens? He starts giving you appointments to do what he's called you to do. And then when he calls you to something that you think you won't be able to do, guess what? He's the enabler, and he gives you the enablements to accomplish that which concerns you today see a great example of this through the prophet jeremiah in jeremiah chapter one the lord says therefore prepare yourself and arise and speak to them that i all that i command you do not be dismayed before their faces lest i dismay you before them for behold i have made you this day man this is this is the lord speaking to jeremiah and you talk about putting steel in your spine The Lord says, Behold, I have made you this day a fortified city and an iron pillar and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against its princes, against its priests, and against the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, says the Lord. To deliver you. Mm. See, lest you believe now that that's just an Old Testament thing, and you say, "Well, that's Old Testament." God is speaking to uh, you know to to uh, to Jeremiah here. No, Jesus said Jesus said the same thing to you and me over in the New Testament. Again, guess what verse? 
Acts 1.8. He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That is, God will give you the power to live in the land, power to stand, power to stay, power to share, power to go. He will. He will. He will. He will also give you precepts to guide your life. Look what he says in verse 6. Let me turn back to verse 6. He says, Therefore, be very courageous to keep and to do all that's written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside from it to the left hand or, or to the right hand or to the left. Unless you go among those nations, these who remain among you shall not make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause anyone to swear by them. You shall not serve them, nor bow. This is the way that you're supposed to live. You live according to my word, according to my precepts. The word, Hebrew word for precept is translated commandment. Sometimes it's translated procedures. And, and, it's, and this is what Joshua is saying. Um, if you want things to go well for you, this is non-negotiable. Amen? This is non-negotiable. Ancient words, ever true, is what we hold in our hands. They're precepts. For us to follow non-negotiables the psalmist would say it like this in psalm 103 but the mercy of the lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children to such as keep his covenant and to those who remember his commandments to do them and then jesus in john 15 said this This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And then verse 14 says, And you are my friends if you do whatever I command you to do. See, the temptation for us it's, it's constantly is that we want to lean in on our own understanding of things, to work things out in our own mind and our own power, but we don't have to do either one of those things. If we will just read the Word of God, heed the Word of God, follow the Word of God, we will reap the blessings of His Word and experience the subsequent victory in our lives. So remember what God has done for you. Remember what God can do through you. And the last word is remember what God wants from you. What He wants from you. This covers verses 11 down through verse 16. As I looked at this passage this week, two things jumped out at me. The first one is in actually back in verse 8, where he said, Hold fast. Hold fast. That phrase means to grab onto something. And when you grab onto it, 
you don't let go. You, you, cling, you cling to it is the, uh, is the idea. And if there's anything that you and I need to be holding fast to, it's the truth of God's word. We need to be holding fast to the truth of his word. Not your truth, not my truth, not whatever the culture says is true. But it's the truth of the word of God we need to hold fastly to. I, I know it's a popular thing. We've talked about it a little bit on Wednesday nights and, and Sunday nights about this tendency among some, um, uh, we'll say, people known in the, in the public, I won't say necessarily celebrities, but people that are known in Christian circles who have uh, what they call deconstructed their faith uh, over the, the past couple years uh, especially. Uh, but... As Christians, we are repeatedly over and over again in the Scripture um, commanded to hold fast to the Word of God, not to turn away from it. This was Paul's words to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1. He said, Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus, that good thing which was committed to you. Keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. This you know, that all those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are Phagellus uh, and Hermogenes. But Paul says, what you need to do, Timothy, is hold fast. Grab hold, cling to, don't let go of the pattern of sound words that you have heard. Now, I know that standing for truth in the days that we're living in can be difficult. And it can be extremely difficult at times. But it's never wrong. Amen? It may be difficult. And I think we will see days coming where it will be extremely difficult. But it is never, ever wrong. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.21, Test all things, hold fast to what is good. See, if we don't hold fast to the truth, we will lose our culture and we will lose our children. You might say, Pastor, we're already losing some culture. And we most certainly are. And we'll lose more of it if we do not hold fast right now. Hold fast to the Word of God. And then finally, have faith. Hold fast and have faith. Notice Joshua said to the people, uh, he, he talks about the integrity of God, the faithfulness of God in verse 14, when he tells them this, remember what God has done for you. Remember what God said, what he promised. He said, not one word of them has failed. Not one word of them has failed. See, we're tempted to look around sometimes because of what we see happening in our world and lose faith. But Joshua says, oh no, that, that's the wrong thing. You need, to look at round, you need to look around, and even if things seem to be flying apart, look around and have faith. We don't look around and lose faith. We're to look around and have faith because we know not one word that he's promised us has failed. Not one. From the writing of these words in Joshua till today. 
February the 25th, 2024, we can confidently say not one single word of God has failed. That's one of the reasons I'm here today. I'm here and and can proclaim with boldness, 100% certainty, that not one single word that God has promised, not one single word that he has said has ever failed, and it will not The Bible speaks that to itself. The Word of God abides forever. Martin Lloyd-Jones, he said in Mark 11, 23, Jesus told his disciples to have faith in God. But the great and saintly Hudson Taylor, which Hudson Taylor was the founder of the China Inland Mission, he said the, the great and saintly Hudson Taylor always said that That should be translated not so much have faith in God as hold on to the faithfulness of God. He said it became the motto of his life and his work. Of course, that is to have faith in God. But you see, if you put it in that way, have faith in God, the emphasis seems to be on your faith. It's not that, said Hudson Taylor. It is the faithfulness of God that matters. When you have no faith in yourself, you can hold on to his faithfulness. Mm -mm -mm. When you have no faith in yourself, you can hold on to his faithfulness. He goes on and he says, God is immutable. God is faithful. He will never change. That is what faith in God really means. Whatever may be happening to you, wherever you are, Hold on to the faithfulness of God. Hold fast. Have faith. Amen? Hold fast. Have faith. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Remember what God has done for you. Maybe as you've done that just a little bit this morning, you might have to say, I need to come to the altar today and just thank God because He reminded me of something today, something that He's done for me. And I want to publicly acknowledge it by offering Him my thanks today. Remember what God can do through you. Maybe you've quit believing in the power of God to work in you to do what otherwise you would not be able to do. And maybe you need to come this morning and just say, God, forgive me for not believing in your power. Or maybe you've forgotten what God wants from you. He's the faithful God. And maybe God's word to you today is simply that. Have faith and hold fast. Father, I pray that in these moments right now, you'll draw us to yourself. That you will help us, Lord, whatever it is that we need to do. If we need to come and pray, help us to do that. There's some decision we need to nail down today. Help us do that. 
Help us hold fast and have faith. For Jesus' sake. Amen. If you'll take your hymnal and turn to hymn number 305. 305, I have decided to follow Jesus. If you need to come come and pray, the altar's open. 